We are in love season in this country right now. Go to the grocery store, aisles and aisles of candy and cards and stuffed animals, pre-made love notes for everyone in your life, laying on the spectrum from deep to saccharine, earnest to funny to embarrassing. By this time a year ago, I'm sure that I had received class lists so my kids could make valentines for every kid in their class. And they would sit forgotten until February 13th, when I would tensely search the house for the golden document that would save my children's social future. I don't know if that's true, but that's how it feels. Americans are obsessed with love. Because who doesn't love love? So when presiding bishop Michael Curry began to unfurl the many facets of the way of love, it felt easy. Do you remember what he says? If it's not about love, it's not about God. Say it with me. If it's not about love, it's not about God. When we talk about love in church, we are definitely talking about the Hallmark card kind. Baptisms, weddings, healing unction, funerals, prayers. We even call it our church family. We mean that variety. And it means more than that, too. Jesus told us that loving the lovable is good and its own reward. We love our kids and families and chosen families. And even though it is sometimes hard and can mean broken hearts, it is rewarding. They love us back, or there is pride in having loved, even if it's complicated. But then Jesus makes his way to the hard part. There are times when we send love out and don't receive it back, times when it will be discouraging and difficult, when it will require us to push and struggle. Jesus promises that in those moments, God sees and hears and knows that there is reward even when it doesn't feel like it. Sometimes love doesn't just look like stuffed animals and hugs. Sometimes love requires us to work, to work hard, to seek justice and to fight the injustices that we nurture within ourselves. The story of Simon's mother-in-law is a story that feels unjust and makes me bristle every time. Jesus and his friends leave the synagogue and go to Simon's house only to find that Simon's mother-in-law is sick. This woman isn't even named. She's just called Simon's mother-in-law. And Jesus heals her that, and Jesus heals her and this is it. This is the moment that drives me the most crazy. He heals her and she begins to serve them. What? She's desperately ill, gets healed, and then goes to work? Come on, she doesn't even get a moment to rest? But help me think this through now. What if, what if, this story isn't about a woman being on the brink of death and then getting up and making some sandwiches? What if this is a story about healing, and not just physical healing, though it certainly is, but also about soul healing, the kind of healing that Jesus brings? 
What if this is a story that was kept and maintained, not by some chauvinist tradition trying to keep women in their place, but someone who had a grip on the real story here, which is that this woman was healed so she could get busy doing the work of the kingdom without a moment to lose. Sisters and brothers, do you feel the healing touch of our Savior, the balm in your soul, the divine spirit that lives deep inside you, that takes in the sorrows and pain of the world and pumps life-giving love back into your body? The collect for today, the collecting prayer said at the beginning of the service asks, set us free, O God, from the bondage of our sins and give us the liberty of that abundant life. There are times when we ache, when the hard world breaks us down and we end up hurting laid up in bed. I'm talking about heart or body or soul sick. When that happens, it's time for prayer. Prayers for ourselves and prayers from those around us on our behalf. But when healing comes, it's time to get to work, to the work we are called to do. When we are freed from the bondage of our sins, healed, right? We are empowered to give liberty to others. When we are made whole, we must use our strength to make others well too. Healed by the power of the Spirit, nourished on the love of God, we need to get to work giving love without expecting return. It's easy to clock our tongues and talk about Jeff Bezos and all that money, or about the amount of power Facebook, Twitter, or Google have. No one needs that much, right? But what about us? What if we gave up some of our own privilege without expecting to pick it back up? Following the way of Christ means emulating his ministry and risking the way that he did to bring the kingdom to our neighborhoods. It means giving up our mantles of privilege over and over again, treating each of our neighbors with the kind of care we offer to those who love us back. It will require that we give our share to someone who doesn't deserve it, and it will require that we pray so that we understand that there are no shares and nothing is earned but simply the gifts of God abundantly given. When we understand that we are God's beloved, that every good thing we have is a gift from God, when we see ourselves as servants of God, the kingdom will have come. Let's embrace love this season. If it's not about love, it's not about God. We can practice on the ones who love us back and then risk caring for a world that needs love it cannot give. God will see and hear and know. And when we are spent, let us return to God in prayer, allow ourselves to be healed, and then get up and get back to work.